Good evening, everybody. Thank you very much for joining my stream this evening. And as you can see, I am joined by two giants of history, two of the people who have really, really helped us all to see the light in relation to World War II, in relation to the Jewish situation, and in particular, the so-called Holocaust. And we're going to talk this evening in particular about the treatment of Catholics by Adolf Hitler, because there's a lot of confusion around that whole subject and a lot of bickering, et cetera. So I want, we want to try and clarify this position. First of all, welcome, gentlemen, Jim and Mike. Could I ask you both, first of all, very quickly, just to give your assessment of, uh, it looks like Holocaust part two is happening over in Israel. I think the timing is, is very pertinent. I mean, this is obviously false flag territory. Mike, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I just uh, watched uh, Ben Shapiro. Uh, last, last, he gave a, a rant on, on YouTube, uh, but he began it with the Holocaust. He said, this is a, more Jews have died now than any time since the Holocaust. So what we realize now is that any time some Jew wants to justify some action that we would consider immoral or got caught not doing his job, he immediately says, I have relatives who died in the Holocaust. It's still there. This, what we're seeing in Gaza is part of this era that began after World War II when the, the Holocaust became the normative myth of, of the American empire. All of the suffering here that is going on in Gaza is now being justified in the name of the Holocaust. Ironically, uh, as the, the Jews are acting worse than the Nazis did in, in World War II. There's a, a Jew, a rabbi by the name of Dove Fisher, who just wrote an article in the American Spectator in which he said, uh, the people who died in Dresden that the firebombing in Dresden deserved to die because they voted for Adolf Hitler. Now, these were, these were innocent women and children who were all trying to flee the Soviet army. They weren't even residents. It was packed full of refugees, and the United States and the Air Force destroyed that town with firebombing. And then he goes on to say that basically the same thing is true of Gaza. In other words, this is a man who's justifying the firebombing of Gaza in the name of the Holocaust because they voted for Hamas. Those Palestinians voted for Hamas, and so therefore they deserve to be firebombed in the same way that the Germans who voted for Hitler deserve to be firebombed in Dresden. This is appalling, absolutely appalling barbarity, and it all goes back to the Holocaust. This enables them to do anything, anything that we would consider a crime against humanity, they can justify it by some type of appeal to the Holocaust. Yeah, they do it every time. Jim, your thoughts? Well, I agree with Michael on most of what he had to say there. I think what's happening is the Jews, they're losing the battle and so what they're doing, they're ramping up now. They're ramping up and bringing in a little addition here to help them look good now in the in the world in the the uh, worldview. And so the Holocaust narrative has to be brought in there because the Jews always have to be the victims. I mean, can you imagine them? The Palestine, the people there don't don't have weaponry. They 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 throw sticks and you know bottles and rocks at the at the uh, you know the Jews over there or whatever. And yet they're the bad guys. 
And it's like, you know, uh, they slap they slap the Palestinians and then they they claim that they're the victims. And I just think it's all because of the Holocaust. There's no doubt about it. But I think they're ramping up this Holocaust narrative because you're seeing it everywhere. It, it, every I get so many alerts on the Holocaust and people tell me the, the Holocaust is irrelevant today. And I'm saying to myself, no, it's not. The Jews are stepping up with it. It's going to get worse. And they're going to make it look like they're the victims. We all have to cry for the Jews and everybody else we don't care about. Kill them all. And I think this is all part of them trying to take over the whole area over there eventually, uh, you know, with this Israel, you know, first thing. Take it all over. Well, they they want to bring everybody down. to move into their uh, Heavenly Jerusalem project, which is Ukraine, Israel part yes. two. So they they needed this, you know. Obviously, they kicked it off. Hamas is probably controlled mm -hmm. by Mossad. So, but anyway, look, it's 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 pretty awful, and they are really really pathetic. But it it is a sign that they're under a lot of pressure. Now, uh, but just if I could just yeah. add one thing here, sure. the late the latest tweet from Ben Shapiro on on Twitter or X is basically, quote, never again. It's like Ben Shapiro, then never again, then a picture of the entrance to Auschwitz. Oh, boy. That's it. Well, and, and then because of that, we are supposed to now believe that Hamas decapitated 40 babies. 40 babies. Did that, did that ring a bell with you? Did that <laughs> Does that baby? A, yeah, with me it rings a bell plenty of times, and how they make the you know they made the Germans look like they were banning babies in World War One, and now they're making it. They're, they're using the same tactics, except we're living in a different time, but the same tactics. Next thing, the, same the, the Palestinians will be making lampshades and, and uh, soap out of Israeli. Oh, I, I, you you <laughs> forgot the the most recent example of this was the invasion of Iraq where uh, this woman testified before Congress that she watched the Iraqis taking babies out of incubators in Kuwait and throwing yeah. them on the floor. That's oh, oh wait, wait a minute, stop. It turns out this was a public relations stunt created by Hill and Knowlton, a public relations firm in, in Manhattan. Uh, oh, we all know that now, but now we're supposed to pretend that we never met, we never heard that story before and they're actually 40 babies uh, uh, decapitated by Hamas. This is the type of desperation we're seeing here among these people. It really is. I mean, most of what we're seeing, I would say, was filmed ages ago in a studio somewhere and <laughs> they're rolling it out. It, it's so much no, of it. No, is wait, no, wait, no, wait, stop. Now, if you're saying that they are not bombing Gaza, I do not agree with that. The Israelis are bombing oh, Gaza. they are, there's yeah. Def there's definitely... Palestinians suffering and dying in Gaza right now because of this attack. What's new? There is every single day and has been for the last 50 years, longer. Yes. <laughs> but right. yeah, I mean, it's a brutal, it's been a brutal existence for them. And it's, you know, it gets more brutal every so often when the Jews are under pressure. And I would say, Mike, that your book has something to do with this, has, has possibly got a lot to do with it. Well, I think there are lots of forces coming together here. I think that one of the main, uh, I hope, I hope, the, I hope you're right. Of course, I hope you're right. Every author thinks he wants to change the world. But if we can, if the word, if the term, the Holocaust narrative gets out in circulation, uh, that is itself a victory. 
because we can explain where it came from, who created it, and destroy the taboo surrounding that, which basically right now means shut up. As soon as I say the word Holocaust, you shut up. If you don't, you're a Nazi, whether you had anything to do with the Holocaust or not. If you're a trucker from Canada and someone finds a, a flyer from Florida next to your truck, you're a Nazi because Hong Kong equals Heil Hitler. This can be used anywhere to attack you and you have no defense. We've got to stop. This has become intolerable. Now, the other situation I think is in play. I think this is an admission that we're not supposed to think about uh, the Ukraine anymore. Uh, let's not talk about the Ukraine anymore. It has completely disappeared from everyone's discussion after uh, a year and a half of being told that the Ukrainians were on the verge of victory and ready to march into Moscow. So I think that may have a relevance to this uh, to this situation. Yeah, possibly. Well, they've created Ukraine part two in Ireland. They're all over here now. It's uh, slowly becoming another Ukraine. But let's get to the matter that we want to discuss tonight. Now, Jim, I know you in particular have an issue with Michael's position that Catholics were persecuted in concentration camps under uh Adolf Hitler. So let's let's just put, explain your position on this. You believe that the, there was no persecution specifically of Catholics. When I talk to Catholics about this whole topic, they say to me, oh, but what about Maximilian Kolbe and, you know, other saints who were canonized because of their persecution by the Nazis? So ex just lay out your position, Jim, if you would. Okay. Well, I, I think as I've been looking into this, uh, Let's just deal with, first of all, let's deal with Auschwitz. And this is information that I came across. I can't show you it because I, I forget where I get things from, but whatever. The population in Auschwitz, uh, there were 48%, a little less, but say 48% in Auschwitz were Catholics. 43% were Jews. So my question to Michael is, why were the Catholics put in Auschwitz? Okay, it's very simple. It's called the get, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. Auschwitz was created to deal with that. The forty eight the percent forty eight percent Catholics in Auschwitz they were Poles, they were arrested because of that uprising. Auschwitz was created uh, late in the game in terms of concentration camps to deal with the Polish uprising. That's why they were there. Okay, but but the the uprising was it because they were Catholic. Or was it because maybe they were seditionists or, you know, they didn't agree with Germany on some situation, uh, a, a political viewpoint or whatever? See, that this is the problem that I'm having here, because there was Hitler had a great relationship with the Catholic Church. It, I, you know, you brought up the Concordant in 1933 with Pope Pius XI. So the Catholic Church was was in a good situation with Hitler ruling and running the show. So I look at it this way. Why would he go against that concordant and put Catholics in prison if he had such a good relationship? And plus, Hitler was Catholic. I don't think he had a bone to pick with the Catholics. I think he didn't agree with them uh, in regards to them not supporting him. If they didn't support him, yeah, he had a problem with that. I saw that he took out crucifixes and in, in, in the school buildings that they had crucifixes in and this and that. And some people say, oh, that's the persecution of the Catholics. That's a horrible thing. And I'm just saying, no, that that's not a horrible thing. Hitler, he was a politician. He had Lutherans 
in um, in Germany, which I think there were more Lutherans than Catholics. And then he had Catholics, and of course the Jews, not that many of them, but anyway, ma mainly Lutherans and Catholics. And so I think Hitler was trying to appease everybody politically, and he couldn't really take a stand on the Catholic situation because it would make it look like he was probably favoring one group of people. That's how I look at how Hitler dealt with the Catholics. I don't think I don't think Hitler hated the Catholics, wanted to hurt the Catholics or whatever. If they were put in prison, either in Auschwitz or Dachau, we could talk about that later, then I think they were put in prison for other reasons, like maybe they weren't going along with the, the program that the Concordant brought out in 1933, and they were rebelling against Germany or not accepting the relationship between Hitler and Germany and the Catholic Church. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, okay, Michael, your response before you respond, can you just explain what this Concordat was? Yeah, it was an agreement between the Catholic Church and the Third Reich, uh, stating the rights of the Catholic Church and the, the you know, the, the relationship, uh, a judicial relationship between the church and the state. So there's nothing unusual about that. And what percentage of Germany at the time was Catholic versus? Uh, I was roughly half and half, I think, mm -hmm. depending on where you were. Uh, half Catholic, half half uh, German, uh, half Catholic, half Protestant. Uh, but the the issue of uh, of Dach of of uh, Auschwitz is completely irrelevant to this. You can't say that Maximilian Kolbe was not following the Concordat or violating the Concordat because he was a Pole. That's a different country. They didn't. Ha they had their own Concordat, and it had nothing to do with the Nazi Concordat. So the other thing is that if you're going to talk about Catholics in concentration camps, you have to talk about Dachau. You cannot talk about Auschwitz. I've already explained to you why Auschwitz came into existence late in the game. Dachau came into existence 10 years before, mm -hmm. at the very beginning of the Nazi regime. In 1933, Dachau was created for dissidents, anyone who disagreed with the totalitarian program of the Third Reich. That means you had to go along with, there were no intermediary groups. Any group that was outside of something like the uh, outside of the Third Reich was considered an enemy of the Third Reich. And that's when it began. At the beginning, the Catholic, uh, Catholic priests, Catholic priests especially, were considered enemies of the state from the beginning in violation of the Concordat. And so to say that simply because a Catholic priest got arrested, he was therefore guilty, is preposterous. They were picked up for all sorts of reasons. The, the, right, turning, the, turning point, the turning point in my research here came when I read Father Lentz's memoir, Christos in Dachau. Okay, because it brought back to my understanding as a child when I was exposed to Dachau. I was exposed to the photos of Dachau as a child. I must have been 10 or 12 years old when my father's best friend showed me the pictures he took when he they, the Patton's army liberated Dachau. I knew about Dachau. I, that was the paradigmatic concentration camp. Everybody knew that at that point. And what I'm saying is over this period of time, let's say the 1950s, when we're trying to process this, Father Lenz's book came out in 1955 and established that was the standard reference work of what happened in the camps. Dachau was the paradigmatic camp, and the main victim in Dachau were priests and Catholics. It's not just Catholics, it's priests. This is, this is what he, Doc, uh, Lenz said. 
This is my translation from the German. Divine providence had turned Dachau into the greatest purification of priests in the history of the church. Altogether, 2,600 members of the clergy from 136 dioceses and 22 nations would come together in Dachau. It was the greatest and at the same time the strictest monastery in the world and a stunning image of the universal church. Those in charge of prisoners from the commandant on down were driven by a fanatical hatred and animosity toward everything religious. The SS men loved disrupting religious services. No more hocus pocus, they would shout at the priest in prayer. Let's go. At that point, the priest would have to bring the celebration of mass to an end. Pastor Zeitz recounted an especially grievous incident which took place in the fall of 1941. An SS man pushed his way to the altar with a cigarette in his mouth after the consecration, took the consecrated host out of the priest's hands and threw it on the floor and shouted, if that is the Lord God, then he should come to your assistance. This is what the reality in Dachau was. It was religious persecution, and the main victim were not Jews. They were Catholics. And the Jews were, who were there were a bit players in a drama that was an anti-religious, anti-God drama. Can now, I ask, Michael, why would the National Socialists have engaged in that sort of behavior, given that the population of, I know you're talking specifically about Poland, but that the population was, you know, 50-50 Catholic? Why would they for, for, to turn Catholics against them? First of all, well, you're talking about a very specific population here if you're talking about the guards at Dachau. They were all criminals. They were criminals who had been in prison. There's a labor shortage. They released these criminals, and they put SS uniforms on them, and they let them do whatever they want, whatever they want, because it's consonant with the anti-religious hatred that inspired, that, that inspired the Nazi party. It was a neo-pagan movement that hated Christ and hated religion. And whenever they got a, a Catholic priest under their thumb, they persecuted him. Okay, Jim. Uh, well, I don't agree. Um, Michael, why, why didn't they come after all the Catholic priests? <laughs> why don't they build a concentration camp for everyone? Why did they obviously had to be selective? Okay, you can't you can't just it's like when when uh, Khrushchev said we would have we would have put the Ukrainians in a concentration camp, but there were too many of them. There were too many people. You can't afford to alienate the entire Catholic population by dragging every priest into a concentration camp. Now, if you want to talk about the relationship between the church and the Third Reich, a good example would be Bishop uh, Graf von Gallen of Munster. He was in favor of the German invasion of the Soviet Union because he hated communism. And he supported that invasion up until the moment Hitler decided to put away uh, the handicapped, Leben unvertes Leben. At that point, he turned on him. That was typical of the relationship of the, the, the Catholics to the Third Reich. What the Third Reich saw was that any organization that was outside of the Third Reich was a threat to the German Third Reich's uh, hold on the German people. And so there was, when I was in uh, living in race, there was a priest there, the, the Karl Leisnerheim was the youth center there in this town. 
he was a priest who uh, grew up in race or grew up in Elton or race, one of those places, went, went back and forth. Anyway, he was the head of the Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts were banned immediately in 1933, and they were replaced by the Hitler Jugend. The same thing happened to the girls. They had Girl Scouts uh, uh, under Catholic auspices, and they were replaced by the Bund uh, Deutsche Mädels. They, there was no possibility of objecting to the plan or the program of the Third Reich. And anyone who did was considered an enemy of the state. And the Catholics at the beginning were considered the prime enemy of the state because of that. All right. Here's the, here's the situation, that the problem I have with that, okay? Because I think, I don't think, first of all, I got to get from you. How do you feel, do you think Hitler hated the Catholic Church? Look, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. I think what happened to the German people was the spread of atheism throughout everywhere. This is, Lentz mentions it throughout. Begin with Nietzsche. Uh, Hitler fell into that group of people. He was, uh, he was in the avant-garde uh, when he was in Austria. Uh, he was an admirer of Wagner. He had to use Wagner. Nietzsche was was uh, Wagner's disciple. He promoted primary promoter of atheism in Germany. Uh, Hitler, you think Hitler was an atheist? I think. Look, I can't. He, I can't penetrate into his mind because I can't. I, I just don't know that. But I know what he did, and I think he promoted this neo-pagan ideology because he realized that he couldn't bring the Protestants and the Catholics together as one unified force supporting the, his, his Reich. And so he sidelined both of those churches. The, Catholic, the, the Protestant church split down the middle, and there was one group became the Deutsche Christen, the German Christians, and the other was the confessional Christians, which didn't go along with Hitler. The Catholic Church did not split, but they remained true to their mandate, and their mandate did not allow euthanasia. It did not allow the things that the government was promoting, and these people were considered a threat because they were saying they were judging the Third Reich. No one is allowed to judge the Fuhrer. No one. And if well, the church, if the church I, does, I, they are the enemies of the state. I, I agree with that. I have. I look at. Here's the thing. You have to look at the condition of Germany at the time. It was in a really bad condition because of what the Jews did to it. They brought in through the Weimar Republic all the filth and all the the things that were bad that was corrupting the whole country. And so Hitler had to take a hard stand here when he took power. He he had to pretty much just say, "Look, it, all your rights are gone, and you got to do what I say because we're going to get things back on track again." Yeah, it, it made a lot of people not happy, made the Catholic Church not happy. But I think Hitler, remember, Hitler was a Catholic. Hitler was never excommunicated from the Catholic Church, right? You agree with that? Hitler, Hitler was baptized a Catholic. Okay, the so fact, the fact Hitler was, he was a Catholic. Baptism is the necessary but not sufficient condition for being saved. Just because you're baptized does not mean you follow the teaching of the Catholic Church. And I've already explained to you why he left the teaching, why he abandoned the teaching of the Catholic Church and became an advocate of this neo-pagan ideology that saw the church as its enemy. Yes, I don't, I don't, buy, I don't buy that. Well, whether you buy it or not, that's the, that's no. the reality of the situation. I, 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 
Jim, the fact that he removed crucifixes from the classroom, I mean, that, that is I just, I just explained why. You have you did you, do you ever understand yeah, what I'm, why I'm saying are that? You, are you saying the crucifix is a specifically Catholic? Listen, you had Lutherans in the schools and you had Catholics in the schools. The Lutherans, you you think they would have approved a pro Protestants? Okay, do you think I don't know if Lutherans use the, the cross like that? I'm not even sure. But anyway, Protestants, you think they would have approved of an image on the wall in the in the building? I don't think so. Yes. So what Hitler yes, did, they the did. They no, did. they did. They did. They. I've already told you. They split right down the middle. The Deutsche Christen went along with Hitler's regime and accepted everything he did. The Bekenner Christian, the confessional Christian, did not. They split right down the middle. And there were Protestants who were willing to do that, compromise with the regime in the way the Catholics never did. Never, as an institution, did they compromise with this regime. That's why they were thrown in Dachau. That's why they were considered the enemy. I mean, this is the, the facts are there. You can't argue with the fact that there were 2,600 priests arrested. That's a fact. Why were they arrested? Because they did something bad or because you're, you're saying if the, if the Gestapo arrests you, you must have done something wrong. Well, that's ridiculous. They were perceived as enemies of the state. And that's why Hitler put them in Dachau. Right. But understand, all the priests would have been considered enemies of the state, right? No, no. Well, why not? Well, why would they? Why, well, how, I mean, how, many, were, how many Catholics? No, no, that, that, that does not follow. Away. That does not follow. They are going to look for people who are leaders. So after I read Dachau, I just got another book. This is the memoir of Father Kentrick. Father Kentrick is the head of the Schoenstatt movement in Germany, a religious movement. He was arrested because he was an influential Catholic leader. Of course you're going to go after the people who are leaders. Of course you're going to go after the people who have uh, raised their heads in objection. That's what happened here. What Father Kendrick says in this book corroborates everything that Lent says in his book. This is a fact. This is what happened. These Catholic priests were arrested because they were Catholic priests. They were subjected to brutal persecution uh, to the point uh, by sadistic criminals who had SS uniforms on, to the point they were all going to die of starvation in August of 1942 and would have died if Berlin hadn't changed the regulations and said we have to feed them so they work better. That is the reality of the situation. Nothing you can say will change that reality. And do you believe that Adolf Hitler signed off on all of that? Was that policy, his policy? Believe. Of course, uh, yeah. Of course, he. Why wouldn't he agree with this? Why wouldn't he agree with this? First, first, of, first of all, first of all, Hitler was not in Dachau. It was Hitler through. There's a chain of command, and the chain of command released these prisoners and made them guards, and then did nothing to inhibit their sadistic behavior. Nothing until the the rule the order came down from Berlin, told them to stop because they can't work anymore because they're starving to death. Well, when did and who who issued that order? Was it Hitler? I think it was Himmler, if, but I have to check. Himmler under Hitler. Well, yeah, he's obviously under Hitler. Hitler so cannot... did Hitler put a stop to the persecution of Catholic priests? Indirectly, yeah. Okay, so maybe we're seeing some common ground here. 
this really doesn't change the situation because it was a purely pragmatic decision. It wasn't that they suddenly had converted to Catholicism or something like that. You can't have, these are work camps. Arbeit macht frei. That was also the, over the, the gate to Dachau. It's over Auschwitz. Auschwitz was in the middle of a factory complex and they wanted to work them. And if they worked them to death, they didn't really care one way or the other. But the point was to work there. It was a work camp. And if you're starving, if they're starving to death, they can't work. So it was a purely pragmatic decision. It had nothing to do with humanitarian issues. Mike or Jim? Well, do, do you feel that Hitler, okay, let me ask you this, okay? Do you feel that Hitler, his, he had a plan to exterminate the Jews? No. Okay, that's good. We're, we're on common ground there, okay? Uh, so we do agree that he was, the, the all the people that were put in the camps, we, we understand that there were work camps and Hitler had no plan to exterminate the Jews. And that I think that's a, a a big thing. I know I kind of felt you believed that way that way anyway. So, um, see, I have a problem. You calling Hitler uh, an atheist? You call him like a non-Christian guy? Because I have, I mean, right? I mean, I don't have my glasses here. They're in the other room, so I can't. I'll do my best here. But I have, and I'll send you this. I'll send you this. But I have quotes of. Hitler's saying, like, for instance, here, he gave a speech in April 12, 1922. Oh, okay, thanks. Um, he gave a speech here. Again, I got to put the glasses on. I, I can't really see that great here. And here's what he said. He goes, as a Christian, I feel that my Lord and Savior was a fighter. My feelings as a Christian points me to my Lord and my Savior as a fighter. It points me to the man who once in loneliness, surrounded by few followers, recognized the Jews for what they were and summoned men to fight against them and who, God's truth, was the greatest, not as a sufferer, but as a fighter. In boundless love as a Christian and as a man, I read through the passage and it tells me how the Lord, <coughs> alas, rose his might and seized the scourge to drive out these people from the temple, the, these brood of vipers and adders. Today, after 2,000 years with the deepest emotion, I recognize more profoundly than ever before the fact that it was on this that he had to shed his blood upon the cross. I mean, if Hitler was an atheist, he wouldn't be talking like this. Hitler's a politician. He'll tell the people whatever they want to hear. Are you <laughs> saying because he said that, that priests did not die in Dachau? I mean, that is completely illogical. For the, the, with the fact of the matter is that, okay, there was no plan uh, from the Wannsee conference uh, uh, giving the details of the Entlösung, okay? We know that, okay? Does that mean the priests weren't murdered in Dachau? No, but it doesn't what? mean that at all. It you doesn't think, mean... You, you believe police were murdered? He said that. Were he said that if you, if you if you couldn't if you couldn't uh, if you couldn't do your job, you were taken out and eliminated. Okay, how how were they murdered? How were they murdered? They were shot. Some of them. Well, they were shot. Now let me let me kind of look at this first. Uh, you know, <laughs> now, wait, somebody. Wait, wait, for, wait, wait, wait a minute. Are you saying are you saying that they didn't die? The priest. Let's let's get to the facts here. No, are you saying are you saying the priest did not die in Dachau? No. But I'm saying for them to be shot. Are you saying that they weren't punished for not working? No, we, let me speak. Okay. I'm, I'm saying that if they were shot, because that was an extreme way of getting rid of people in those days, shooting them. 
I mean, that when you, if you got shot, this was a way to say you were a pretty vile person for us to shoot you. They wouldn't shoot you for no reason at all just because you were Catholic. You had to be doing something pretty bad uh, back to, to be same, shot. You're back to the same thing. They, they must have done something wrong because they were arrested. They must have done something wrong no, because I'm they were shot. They must have done that's something that's, wrong. That's, that's not logical. That, no, you're, saying, you're saying they must have done something wrong because they were shot. Yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. They have to do something wrong. You don't just shoot people for no reason. That's ridiculous. The reason is the reason lies with the sadistic guard who has the power of life and death over these poor victims. Wait, but was they don't have to do anything wrong. Sadistic? They don't have was to that... be. They was... they don't have to do anything wrong to warrant the death penalty. It's in the mind of the guard, and they have they have that power over them. See, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. I think these camps are run. Well, wait a minute. You know, you, you're going to have to. You don't buy it. How can you? you you're going to have to back it up with evidence rather than I, just. Well, I'm just kind gonna, of a, a priori. You say I don't buy it. Well, that's not an argument. I'm gonna. I'm trying to explain it to you. Okay. The Germans put the Sonda Commando, uh, not the Sonda Commando. They they put the Capos in charge of the camps. The Capos weren't Germans. They were Germans. They they could have been most likely communist Jews. They didn't like the people in the camp themselves, especially if they were Catholic, if they were you know, were Jewish even. And so a lot of the people that were killed in those camps were killed by these capos that hated God. They were they were probably the true atheist, uh, horrible people. They I don't think they were the Germans, because the Germans didn't run those camps. The capos ran the camps, and the capos were bad people. I mean, wicked bad people. And, and you were like making a blame of the Germans for being part of this. The Germans would not have been involved with that because they had, they were really high in, in their morals and how they dealt with people. If they abused a prisoner in the camp, they would have been uh, put on trial and, and they could have been shot themselves if they abused anybody in the camp. So you're telling me that these capos, because that's what they were, you agree with that? They were capos, right? You agree with that? And, and they were predominantly Jewish, Jim, were they? They what? Were they predominantly Jewish, the yes. capos? Well, the, well, call me this. The guards, the guards in Dachau were German criminals. Well, okay, okay but, but, they, but the point that the German part of it, it doesn't matter to me. I the thought fact it did. is they, they could have been communist and atheist, God haters. And they're the ones that were put in charge of the camps. The, the, the uh, general Germans, uh, the SS did not go into those camps as far as I understand. They let the capos run the camps. If there was any abuse of any priest, Catholic, Jews, whoever, it would have been done by the capos and not the Germans because the Germans, if they hurt anybody in those camps for no reason at all, they would have been brought to trial themselves. And two of them, as far as I know, I don't know the names because I don't have a good memory anymore, but I just know that there were several, I think there were 200, 200 guards that were brought to trial for the abuse of people in the camps. Two of them were shot or hung. I can't remember. So when you tell me that you know, you're making it look like the Germans were, were in charge of hurting these people. Yeah, they could have been Germans, but they their belief system, they were not good people. These are the worst of the worst, and they probably were criminals, and I agree with you on that. 
But I just think that they, you know, don't blame the Germans for what happened in all those camps uh, for the abuse. Because now we, now you sound like uh, the Jews when they're trying to, like, sp specifically in Auschwitz. Well, you know, they came after me and they pulled my head off and they ripped my arms off and, no, I, you know, this or that. They did, <laughs> the Germans did not behave that way. They mm -hmm. had a 25-point system on how they were to behave. And if they violated that, they were put on trial. And the Germans did put, like I told you, 200 people were put on trial and two of them were executed for abusing people in the camps. There you go. Okay. Fair enough. Mike, what's your response to that? The, the guards in Dachau were Germans. It doesn't matter. Why does you just said it, you just, wait a minute. You just said it. They weren't Germans. No, no. I'm saying they could have been German and I don't think they were. I think a lot of these guys no, they were, no, they were. See, you, well, you don't, you don't think you, they were, but this is a man who was there and said they were. So who, 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 this, okay, who's Father this Lentz, Father okay, Lentz. So, so Father Lentz gave his his opinion of of what happened there. And then, now, Father, and, and, then oh, and then Father Kendrick okay, wrote Father, another right. memoir okay, that corroborated let me, let me you, what he said. You, let me ask you about these two people. Do they believe in the Holocaust that happened the way the Jews claim it happened? Look, these well, Michael, people, this these, is important. These people, these you're people, giving me, the, you're the term, telling me. The term, oh, the term, wait a minute, wait a minute. The term Holocaust didn't come into common usage until the 1970s. Nobody used this term back then. These are, these are the people that wrote the first, Lentz was one of the first memoirs that was written about what happened in the camps. I'm saying that within three years, the Jews came up with an alternative narrative. They switched the paradigmatic camp from Dachau to now Auschwitz. They erased the Catholic presence in the camp and they replaced it with Jews and they took over the narrative and engaged right. in identity theft. And right. you're, what I'm saying is you're helping them out by doing, by saying what you're saying. Wait, hold, hold on. You're what helping we, out by erasing I, I want, the I Catholic. I want to understand something. You're, I'm, help, I'm you're helping them out by erasing the Catholic presence from the no, camp. Forget about that for a second. <laughs> Let me. I want to get back to two, two guys you quoted from. Do they believe that people were being executed in the camps, shot, uh, killed in gas chambers or whatever? Do these men believe that nonsense? Oh, wait a minute. I haven't what? read it, so I don't what? know. <laughs> oh, you've already characterized it as nonsense. What am okay, I supposed but, to say? I'm trying to ground this in some type of reality based on well, an I actual text. Well, you're not <laughs> coming up with anything. I'm trying to go up with anything. Hold on here. Uh, you know what I, what I can't stand is when people quote people, and then you find out that these people are not a good person to quote. Now, if these people that you are quoting for to defend your case – if these people believe in the lying Holocaust narrative, I I couldn't I wouldn't believe them. I would push it aside and say, I don't even want your testimony. I don't want to read your book. I want nothing to do with you. That's all I'm saying. I don't trust your people in the, that book, in the Father Lentz or whatever his name is, in giving a narrative. If they believe in the official version of the Holocaust, that people were being exterminated in the camps, how could you trust them? 
had the, had the story of the gas chambers got out at that stage, Michael, when yeah. when these yeah. people yeah. it had. Okay, yeah. so, and so so did did Father Lenz go along with that narrative? Yes, he did. Okay, well, so then how could you believe him? Because he didn't. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll tell you why. Because he told me that he watched the Billy Wilder film. It's in the book. He watched Totus Moon. Okay, so, he, so you believe someone that that read a book? He, he didn't see anything, but he's he's lying now about no, the he's not. Of he's not. He's not lying. He's saying what he saw in the film. He has no experience. He was never in Auschwitz. So how How's, can you believe him? Because he's watching a film like everyone else was watching a film. That doesn't that doesn't deny that doesn't negate his testimony about what he actually saw in Dachau. It no, doesn't negate it. it. Let me tell you something about testimony. I'm a, I'm I'm really picky about testimony. It's just like your book, uh, Michael. Okay, you wrote a good book. I have I don't have the book. Uh, I I because I I'm not in the position to read it right now. But I am going to be dealing with that later. Now I don't know if you have an index in the back of your book. If you had an index, if I was going to get, if your book was being sold in a store and I picked up your book and then I looked in the back of the book and I saw in the back of your book, it said gas chambers. And then I went to that page and then you talked about gas chambers being real. I wouldn't even buy your book. Now, so I'm just wait, saying. Wait, wait. How, am I, how am I supposed to argue with statements like this? Well, how, no, how, how are we supposed to have? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop, stop here. Stop no, here. Stop here. How are we supposed to have an intelligent conversation based on a statement like that? Can I argue with whether you would buy my book or not? This is ridiculous. Yeah, this is not I, a discussion. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy your book. Because okay. you believe in the, the Holocaust lie of gas chambers and anybody that can write in a book that there were gas chambers in these camps when there were no gas chambers, you have to have your head examined to buy a book by someone that writes that way because that's a complete lie. So these witnesses, let, I'm getting back to your witnesses. If your witnesses believe in the false narrative of the Holocaust and then they're telling you something about the Catholic priest in these camps, I do not trust their testimony. I would throw it right out to say, Let's talk to somebody else. Okay. You've given your statement. I, I agree with everything you said, that if you saw this, you would throw it out. I agree 100% because I can't disagree with you. I can't disagree with what you're saying you would do. But that does not change the testimony of the people here who were involved. And your argument is based on nothing of, of firsthand testimony. And this is. This is. Now, because he was influenced by a propaganda film, so what? That doesn't. Does that mean you can't trust anything that he said? Yes, according to no, you. No, I don't trust. I don't trust anything they say. I know. I understand that. I understand that. But why that should be normative for other people is something I don't understand. There's certainly you. You obviously firmly believe, Michael, that there was persecution of Catholics in Dachau, but that the problem was rectified, and that it didn't continue as a policy as the war advanced right, right. change that so was, was a sort of an exception to the rule is that right? right i don't know right. i don't know what the rule i think this if if it was passed down to dachau i assume it applied to every concentration camp i don't know why dachau it could be the dachau is the exception i don't know 
but but the, but it, the Germans weren't part of that. The Germans well, were not involved in killing people in camps. This is British ridiculous. Jews. That you cannot make statements like this. A priori statements like this. I you have no. There is no basis for I the statement you just you. made. Hold on. You're not. You're not listening to me. I just explained to you. The Germans had a protocol of abuse in the camps. If every, anyone was abused in the camps, they would be taken out of that no, no, camp. They would be sent to trial no. and they would be prosecuted. No, and the Germans did this. No, because they had a rule doesn't mean the rule was followed. That doesn't did, follow. Didn't they have the Red Cross going in and doing checks? on the camps that's right and they didn't see anything happening in that in those camps that was abusive they would have reported that there was one uh, uh, red cross person in every camp that was stationed there that was overseeing what was going on in the camps don't you think they would have reported this they came out with a 1600 page report about what was going on in the camps and i didn't see in any of that report not that i read the report but i, I saw parts of it and read parts of it there was no abuse by the Germans in those camps because they would have reported it. So that's why I don't agree you, with you. You always on that. make the same argument. It's always like if he was arrested, he must have done something wrong. It, maybe they didn't see it. Maybe they didn't get into this camp. Maybe they came at a certain time. You can't argue from these generalities to particulars. The particulars but, but, Michael, are. You're, you are arguing that these were work camps. So, therefore, in order to get the maximum value out of the people in the camps, they would have really had to look, feed them. I mean, we see the huge kitchens huge hospitals and generally look after them. There was entertainment facilities, there was recreation. I and mean, one thing that surprises me and makes me feel that it wasn't a Christian enterprise is that there were brothels in the camps, which, you know, I wonder wh where the Jews under the Kappas actually running the camps because there, they was would a, there, was a, there was a brothel in Dachau. In, he says that in the book. And in, in Auschwitz. In Auschwitz too. But but uh, but again, you know, would you just answer that, though, Michael? Would you just answer that point? I mean, if they were work camps to keep people alive, why would there have been wholesale abuse as well? Because the guards were a, a law unto themselves, and they could do what they want, and they were allowed to persecute the prisoners. They were allowed to do it until, okay. uh, until in spite of the fact that it was hurting the workforce, they were allowed to do it because there was no rule of law there. The laws, whatever the laws were on the books, they were not enforced in the camps. I, I don't see. I don't. I don't buy that at all. Again, look, you you don't ah. buy it. It's not an argument. Yeah, but I gave you. I, I gave you a perfect example. They believe me. The Jews or whoever was in the camps were very much needed, and for anybody to be abused or killed in those camps would have been really strange because they needed these this people to work unless this unless they argument. did something wrong. This is not an argument. Well, I'm not arguing. I'm just stating a fact. But, uh, but I, I tend to agree with Jim on this point that we're talking about like German efficiency at its best, possibly under national socialism. And you're you're de you're deducing a particular from a general. You can't do that. You can't deduce what happened in this camp from some type of platonic idea of what German efficiency is. That does okay. not work. Okay, I, I agree. I agree. But if it is the case that the International Red Cross were invited into the camps, if it is the case that Hitler sent orders down when death rates were getting a little bit high, higher than average and sending orders down to say what the heck is going on in there, 
We have to get the death rates down. If there was policies of giving Cyclone B to prevent outbreaks of typhus, okay, I can understand they didn't want epidemics, etc. But, you know, I mean, were there the, the occasional soldier, uh, SS guards that got out of control, of course? Some did. It, I explained that. There was were it policy? Was it actually there was, there policy? Was 200 no, guards, yeah. guards were put on trial. They were put on trial and two of them were executed. That's a fact. So the Germans did not want those people in those camps abused. No, you can't this generalize is, from those those facts. Well, you look at here's, here's what you this is. I, first of all, I don't know whether that was not the case in Dachau. I'm confining myself to what I know about Dachau. And that didn't happen there. Now, if well, you, if you, I, I look at Dachau, Michael, when I see the pictures of Dachau, thousands of people walked out of that camp looking fit as a fiddle to me. They looked, they didn't look starved. They didn't look, uh, you know, any problem with them. They walked right out of that camp. I don't look at that camp as being a death camp like the Jews do. I never Auschwitz. said it. I never said it was a death camp. I never well, no, said, it, me, the, I never said Jews, it was a death camp. See, the, here's the problem. The Jews... And, 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 and the Catholics are jumping out of this. This is what bothers me, what's going on here. Because the Catholic people should be honest about what happened in those camps. Now, if there were a lot now, of wait Catholics, a minute. Why are you saying, why are you saying, are you saying that Lenz is not honest? I don't believe What's your basis? What's your basis I, for that? I, I just told you the basis. I know basis. you don't. If he I know believes you in the Holocaust, if he believes in the gas chamber nonsense or people being, ex, you know, exterminated in that camp for whatever reason, I don't believe him. I just don't believe him. How can you believe someone that lies? Michael, if you, in your book, if you wrote about gas chambers, about there being real gas chambers in your book, I wouldn't even touch your book. I wouldn't even touch it. This guy's out of his mind. Why would I read a book that talks about gas chambers? There were no gas chambers. It's for this Lentz guy well, to talk about any persecution in these camps when he believes in the Holocaust lie. How can you believe anything else he says? I don't, I can't buy it. Sorry, I just can't buy it. Michael? Uh, am I supposed to argue with the fact that he can't buy it? I mean, what, no, well, what am no, I supposed to say? He is making what a am valid, I supposed to say? But he is making a valid point that if this guy bought the business of the gas chambers, then could he have been deluded about other aspects? You mean mm -hmm. that, that he, he didn't know he was hungry? He didn't know that priest that the priest that he talked but, about that they died. He gave the names of the priest who died there of starvation. He made that up. Is that a lot what of you're people saying? died, Michael. A lot of people died. It, it, it wasn't just a Catholic person or priest that died. If you know, people died in the camp. I don't deny people died in the camp. The biggest, the biggest problem is if this guy is presenting a false narrative of something. No, you're you're saying a priori that the, it's a false narrative. He was look. I don't know why he said what he said. I think it was because he watched a propaganda film and he was influenced by a propaganda film. So how can you believe him? Because he was talking about something else. He was talking about something where the act, actual, you're, you're saying that he deliberately lied about the priest who died yeah. there? Yeah. I, I don't, well, no, I wouldn't say, I, look, I don't know. I wasn't there. No, I'm you just don't saying, know. I you don't, don't know. Trust. You're extrapolating something. Uh, you're using something else to deny something that actually happened. That doesn't I, follow. I just go by facts. If, if a person's put no, no, you're not going by facts. You're going it. by you're going by what you think should have happened there, and then you say I don't buy it, and that's supposed to be the end of the argument. That's not the end of the argument. You haven't refuted any of the any of the things that I talked about here. Were there okay, two so Were there two thousand six hundred priests there 
in Dachau? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, Why, I, I were they there? That. Were they there because they were priests? Uh, I don't know. I think they they were there because of some reason. Did, I don't think they were eight, there because did, they were eight, Catholic. Did eight, did eight hundred of them die there? Uh, I don't know the exact Michael, figure. I, but I, how did they I, die? Did he make how, this Michael, up? Is he I, making this? There's Michael, a lot of how they, starved, they they starved to death. They okay, most so, of the people starved to death. There were thousands of people. Thirty thousand people, I think, died in Dachau. So all of a sudden, the priests that died in Dachau are more important than the other 30,000 people that died there, too. And they starved, too. So what makes a priest dying in Dachau or a Jew dying in Dachau more important than the other people, whoever they were, that died in I Dachau because they starved? I never said that. Well, I'm, you're making I, it look I, like just no, because no, they no, were Catholics. No. They, you're, you're they were like there just, because just because they were Catholic. That's precisely my point. And they, they died there. They, they, they weren't died. murdered. They, they, died. they weren't murdered. They weren't when murdered. You withhold, when you withhold food from people, when you deliberately withhold food from people, that's murder. And that's no, the way they died. No, 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 no. Michael, how did, how did this all happen? All the camps were being run perfectly they deliberately the they deliberately withheld food from the people no 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 there no, were food packages I, no you you say no no but you have no basis for saying no no hold on here you don't I know anything about what happened here okay um let me explain you're saying you're saying you know for a fact Look that, it, i that, just went through the red cross information i know you said that before but that okay. doesn't mean that the food packages were being well, prevented from that coming to you from the red cross no the you red, can't explain you cannot no, explain on. it from the red cross you I'm cannot do that you cannot do it. that because we're talking it. about relatives who were sending people like Lenz and Kenterick food. They were sending the food. It was not getting through because no, the no. guards were here. not going through. I get an explanation for that. I have an explanation for that. The Red Cross were in a very frustrating situation. They were trying to deal with a situation that has nothing was... to do with Dachau. You do not. You did not answer what I just said. I'm there trying. were there were relatives and friends who were sending food packages and they did not get through. That has nothing to do with the Red Because why? the guards were withholding them. Well, because no, I don't the guards that, I don't were starving to death. That is true. That is true that okay, they did good. that. They did keep food away from people. But overall, the camps were running pretty smoothly until the Allies got involved no, and bombed no. the crap out of Germany no, yeah, and they couldn't get the, the food in. That's that that may be the case in other camps. I'm not denying about the Allied bombing. That is was, not the case. That is, now wait a minute. That is not the case in Dachau. I've explained yeah, yeah. the case Why in Dachau. No, okay, there was one on there was one bombing run on Dachau. Only one. And one building was destroyed, and that was the only bombing run. The food was disrupted deliberately by the guards who wanted to starve these people, starve them to death. Mike, is it possible that these priests, because God knows we have enough of them around today, had communist leanings? Is it possible? No, absolutely, absolutely Definitely not. Definitely, these were absolutely, genuine Catholic Absolutely priests. not. Okay. They weren't no, subjected. They weren't Absolutely not. You don't buy it. You have no evidence for not buying it. This is you don't not have evidence they weren't. I know why now, they were arrested. I want to welcome my if you read, If you read, if you read the book, this guy will explain. This this is a guy who explains why he was arrested. Oh, right, hold on. Okay. Here. You're denying this a priori. Does he believe in the gas chambers? I have no idea. Okay, find out. Because if he believes in the gas chamber, no, you're using this as an excuse. 
It's not an excuse. No, you I don't are. Believe, no, wait a minute. Don't you're using. Anybody. Look, you can't argue on the face of the uh, the issue. You don't know anything about what you're talking about. And so, <laughs> instead of admitting that, you're using this uh, I, this gas chamber thing as a way of not dealing with the reality of the situation. It's, it's that trust. simple. I don't trust people. If any person that I talk to that talks about documents or anything. I understand understand what you're saying. You're giving us a good analysis of your mind, but that does not deal with the reality in Dachau. So let's get back. I want to cover this because we didn't cover this. I mean, we're we're trying. And I just want want to say we have a very big audience in tonight and the chat is absolutely flying. And it's sort of even Stevens, I would say, and people are really delighted that you know they're able to hear a debate. I mean, when when was the last time we were able to? This is not allowed anymore. So you know, I'm delighted that both of you are able to vent and you know feel that you can express your your opinions and not be censored in any way. So you've got great support, both of you, in in the very uh, prolific chat there. So anyway, sorry, Jim, you were about to say. Well, I just I just look at here's the deal. My feeling and what I've investigated that the, 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 the people that were put in these camps, especially Dachau, because that was a place where they put political dissidents, political dissidents were put in Dachau. And if they were there, it's because they probably had communist leanings or leanings oh, that were ridiculous. against the This is ridiculous. Jumping to conclusions. You have no basis for drawing that conclusion. None. Oh, you- I'll, I'll give you a basis. Okay. I'll help you out because you obviously can't do this. You're on your own. The entire government of Austria ended up in Dachau. The entire government. The government was decapitated after the Anschluss. They all ended up in Dachau. What was the crime they committed? Were they communists? We know who they were. They were Catholics. That's why they ended up. Okay, okay. So I I have an answer for that. I do have an answer for that. Uh, Are you familiar with Jehovah's Witnesses? Yes or no? Michael? Yes. Okay. You're familiar with Jehovah's Witnesses. Do you know that Jehovah's Witnesses were in camps too? And they were decapitated too. So what's your point? (laughs) What's your point? My point is that if somebody, the Jehovah's Witnesses now were in the camps for this reason, they wouldn't, they wouldn't go to war. Okay. They were conscientious objectives. Now, were the Catholic priests that, who were in that camp, were they conscientious objectors or were they something else? I, I'm just asking because I think there, there's, there's something more to the story. I don't think they were you objecting think, to the war. You think? You think? Well, you I'm no, just saying. You have, you, no basis. you have no basis for your position. Well, you, you tell me. What's your answer? Were they conscientious objectors or was there something else going on here that we don't know about? All of these groups were perceived for different reasons as enemies of the state, and that's why they ended up okay, in And the Jehovah's camp. Witnesses were too. Right. And they they were decapitated too. I, I, I mean, don't that's what, what they mean say. By that. I don't know, I don't know if I can even believe any of it, but I don't know they, what you say, mean by that. they say they were decapitated. You know, they chopped off their heads or whatever, but you know, whatever. What I, you know, I'm just saying that I really think that anybody that was put in this camp 
especially Dachau. And you made you made a good point because you said in that it came. It was ten years before Auschwitz, right? Ten years. This camp was a was a real prime camp to put dissidents in, and it was the camp that they showed everybody. Here's the camp we're putting all these dissidents and people that don't, don't agree with us on, but they re, we're re-educating them, and they're going to come out believing in the German way. That's what the whole purpose of Dachau was. Right now, if people were being no, killed, if, if the, yeah, if it was a re-education camp, if the people were no, in wasn't. Dachau and they were being killed, I, I mean, I don't understand why they would be in, were being killed. They needed workers. They needed people. They, I, I doubt very much they'd be killing them because of an ideology. I really don't think that would have. Well, happened. you don't know, do you? Well, you don't you, know either. You, of course, I do. Because I, I have some type of testimony that I'm basing my argument. You have nothing and I, to base and I already, your argument. I already disavowed that testimony. I wouldn't believe any testimony, anybody that believes in the gas chamber nonsense. I wouldn't even touch it. I would just say, here goes in the trash, because if you could believe in I understand. Gas I understand chambers, what you're saying, but you're commenting on yourself and you're not commenting on Dachau. No, but it is a fair point, Michael, that no, he is uh, making that this person, one person, one testimony, and then he was, he did swallow the propaganda on the other issues. Yeah. Do you have any he other was, testimony? He, he, he was influenced by the propaganda. I will agree to okay, that. Okay. But do you, You're okay. Right. Okay. So now listen. But I'll that doesn't change the fact that he had first person experience. That doesn't deny oh, okay. other, the first person uh, look, experience. Okay. okay. Look, at, I, already, I don't agree with this guy's first person experience. Anybody else? First person experience that I've already, I've already given you. This is another book by another priest who was arrested for because he was the leader of the Schoenstatt movement. I've already given you two examples here, two books. Well, I know, but I already explained you. Explain you okay. So, explain. so you're going to you're going to dismiss these a priori because you don't like the idea. Yes, that's what you're saying. I, I won't. Okay. I wouldn't have any any. Okay, listen. I understand what you're saying. That's a comment on you. It's not a comment on Dachau. I'm just going testimony. I agree with you. Jim, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but you're making a comment on you and not on Dachau or Jim, on why, Lens. why was the population of Auschwitz something like 42% Catholic? Why was that? 48%. 48% Catholic, the population that's, that's of That's what I, I came up with, yes. Of Auschwitz. Why was that? Ask Michael. <laughs> well. Because Poles are Catholic. But they weren't put in there because they were Catholics. They were put in there because they were Poles. No, they were put in there because they were dissidents in some way. They didn't agree with the way the Germans were doing things, and they were a threat to the state. And they said, if "Look, you want it, to talk about the Warsaw, the 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 uh, the strategy of the Warsaw ghetto uprising, whether it was a good idea strategically or not, I'm willing to talk about that." They were arrested. Auschwitz was for Poles after that incident. They were not. The Poles are Catholics. There are virtually no Protestants. I don't think there are any Protestants in Poland. There are Jews and Poles, and that's it. And they, if you Jews were arrested, I, I'm saying that the people after the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, they were arrested because they were Poles and not because they were Catholic. Okay, Dachau is the exact opposite. They were arrested because they were Catholics and not because they were Germans. Okay, so let, let me ask you this. The Warsaw Ghetto. Were Catholics in the Warsaw Ghetto? Catholics, uh, the ghetto by definition is a place for Jews. That's if right. There, 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 was were no, Catholic, there were no Catholic. Catholic participation. Look, there was an underground. But you, but there, you make it sound like these people wait, came not, out of the Warsaw my, Ghetto. They didn't come out of the Warsaw there Ghetto. Was, there was, Only Jews were in the Warsaw Ghetto. Jews, Warsaw Ghetto. Poles, wherever else they were, I don't know. 
I just know when you you made it look like that the the people in the Catholics in Auschwitz came out of the Warsaw Ghetto. No, they didn't. They had I to never come said from somewhere that. else. I never, I never said that. I never. Well, that's the that. impression I got. There was a Warsaw Ghetto uprising that had the, had the participation of the Polish underground along with the Jews. Okay, so all the people in the Warsaw Ghetto, as far as I understand, were Jews. There was no Catholics in an uprising in the Warsaw Ghetto. Right? I mean, you agree? No, I don't agree. You you believe Catholics were in the Warsaw Ghetto? I believe that Jews. Poles collaborated with Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto uprising. Of course I okay, do. So Catholics, the Poles happened to be Catholic. They weren't okay. arrested. Okay, they weren't so arrested. Now, you're, now you're getting no. back to where I'm coming from. So if the Poles were involved in an uprising in a ghetto that they were, it was supposed to be run a certain way because the Germans said, you're going to do it this way. And the Poles, Catholics, Poles, were involved with the Jews in this uprising why do you think they were put in Auschwitz? Or why do you think they were put in Dachau? I mean, no, I, they're two different, completely different no, stories. No, I don't, I don't buy it. No, you keep saying that as if that's an argument. <laughs> well, the I mean, people, you, the people if, in if, Germany, if the, Catholics the, are, if the Catholics are fighting with the, the the Jews to have an uprising, then those Catholics are not trusted by Germany. Do, don't you think Hitler had a good Poles. reason to put them in they the were camps? Fighting, they were fighting as Poles. All Poles are Catholic. It's it's not the reason that they were fighting. They were Polish they were nationalists. They were they were they were people that obviously were not, they disagreed with the yet. Nazi occupation. Obviously they did. That's not Dachau. Dachau was they weren't arrested because they were German. They were arrested because they were Catholic. Well, but I, Dachau, I, as you say, was a one-off. Michael, you are you differ significantly from most Holocaust revisionists in that you really did do not like Adolf Hitler. Am I right in saying that? You know, you, you think <laughs> well, I don't you like know, him. no, no, no. You think what an he was, awful he thing not, to say. He was not a good leader. You don't. No, of course he was. He was a disaster for Germany. See, I don't buy that at all. I, I think. I think that your Hitler hate is a problem here because <laughs> who sounds like the Jew you're, now? You're in a, you're in a predicament, hey, Michael. Jim, you sound like a Jew now. I, of course, that's fine. But you, you're in a very, you're in hate, a predicament. Hitler now, hate. Listen, I'm going to show you the predicament you're in. You wrote a again. I haven't read your book, but <laughs> apparently you wrote a good book about the Holocaust. Okay, I haven't seen it. Good. You're already on the crap list. Already on the crap list with the Jews. There's nothing that's going to bring you back in a good list for the Jews because you've already, you've already come against the Holy grail of the Holocaust. Now Hitler, on the other hand, he had nothing to do with the Holocaust. He had nothing to do with it. He wasn't killing anybody like that. He wasn't exterminating people. He wasn't doing any of that. So how can you on one hand disagree with the Holocaust narrative, but on the other hand, disagree with a man who was a great man that was trying to lead uh, the German people out of a disaster, and then and then yeah. so let me, you let me, believe in, and you you are against the Holocaust, right. but you don't like Hitler. Right. But yet Hitler was the he wasn't responsible for the Holocaust, and the Jews either way they're going to hate you no matter what. So you you're trying to I'm I'm looking at it this way, you're trying to ingratiate yourself the people by saying you hate Hitler when I'm saying not that's trying not to ingratiate to myself I, at I all. When did I try to ingratiate myself? Let me, let, yeah. me give, let me give you your argument, Jim. Uh, because you disagree with the Jews, Mike, you have to agree with Hitler. 
So explain to me why you think Hitler was a bad guy. This is ridiculous. Let's let's contemplate the ridiculous nature of your statement. Should I say it again? Because you disagree with the Jews, Mike, you have to agree with Hitler. That's preposterous. Do you, so do you, what, do you set out your stall as to why you believe Adolf Hitler was a disaster for Germany. Set out your stall. How did it end? Did it end well for the German people? If if Hitler hadn't existed, he lost the, war. the Jews the Jews would have had to invent him. Hitler was the preferred candidate of the English oligarchy because he was the most radical and the most likely to uh, bring about the war that they wanted to use to finish off Germany. I'm not blaming. Look, if you, I, I, I wish you had read the book. You know, instead of just pontificating on something that you never well, read. That's why, that's because, why we're here. I'm, I'm, we're trying to get the information out of you. So yeah, but you we, are, no, we're really the, the interested in your the, position on Hitler. We're really interested. Okay, so Hitler comes to power, can't unify Germany because of the Catholic-Protestant split, tries to do it, can't do it, so he has to unify them according to neo-paganness based on Wagner and Nietzsche and all of this godlessness which has had a corrupting effect on the morals of the German people for decades now. This man comes to power and then he uses this as a way of consolidating total power by destroying his enemies. That's why he created Dachau at the beginning. That's why he put Catholics in Dachau from the beginning, 1933. That was the whole point of this. And in doing that, he gradually lost the allegiance of an important institution in Germany. They turned on him. They did not, they did not, they could not in conscience allow themselves to be used as tools for this regime. And because of that, even the mild way that they expressed any type of opposition led to ruthless reprisal and they were dragged into concentration camps like Dachau where uh, many of them died. Many of them died because of a deliberate policy of starvation and overwork. But you're saying it wasn't a deliberate policy because it, it was rectified in the other camps. The deliberate it, it, policy it, was in the camp itself. The man on the ground, the man on the ground was the sadistic SS guard who basically implemented whatever he wanted to. When it, it got out of hand, when it, it got out by Adolf Hitler, is it true that Hitler broke free from the international banking cartels? Did he did he relieve did he release Germany from the Jewish banking cartel? Yes or no? Yes. Did you, if, if I really, if you read my book, Baron Metal, I you, would, read it. you would hear, you would know what I said, to, had to say about Hjalmar Schacht, who was uh, the finance minister in the 1920s who cured hyperinflation. And then the finance minister under Hitler who resurrected the economy without any English gold. You would know that I've already talked about this. Okay, so he he did produce an economic miracle. You totally agree with that. Yes. And he lifted people out of poverty at a time when there was widespread right. deprivation around the rest of the West. Okay, he also is celebrated for banning experimentation on animals, for having great respect for the family, for encouraging mothers to stay at home and have children. Is that all correct? Would you agree with that? No, no. It's, it's, no? No, no. 
No. No, no you're, you're taking credit. He, he takes credit for the moral fiber of the German people, which was largely the result of the influence of the Catholic Church. But oh, I agree. But did but did he not try to build on that? No, he took it for did, granted. He took it for he granted. Not? He took it for granted because these people were productive workers. He didn't want to destroy anything. But he had he had an agenda of his own, and it was clear. Now, now it was clear that the Catholic Church was perceived as an enemy. All of this a priori stuff, you know, he did this and he did that, doesn't change the fact that he arrested 2,600 Catholic priests because they were Catholic priests. That's a fact you cannot deny. But if we we look, for example, at Northern Ireland, which is split 50-50 Catholic Protestant now, okay, I, I can understand somebody going in there and trying to fix it and saying, sorry, we're doing this under the Catholic Church and that's just it. The Protestants would be up in arms. That's what he was dealing with. Now, he wasn't right, right to go I told the secular. You, I've already explained to you. I've already explained that to you. But it was so, so what you do, what you do then is you undermine the influence of the Catholic Church by promoting these neo-pagan myths Nietzsche, Wagner, and you undermine the morals of the German people and you contribute to the spread of atheism. And that's what Lenz says is the message of Dachau. We were being punished because of the atheism of the German people. How, how, did, had, how did Hitler promote atheism? Uh, did, did I just mention Nietzsche? Did no, I mention he did, Nietzsche? He did. He Nietzsche did. and how? Wagner. He was against atheism. He, he, he met with Nietzsche's sister. He promoted myths that undermined the validity, the influence of the Catholic Church. And to that extent, he promoted atheism. Did, did he promote the idea of motherhood and that women's primary role was to be mothers and to protect the family? Yes. And did, did yes. he give grants? Did he give grants and, and subsidies uh, to mothers when they had more babies? Don't know. Don't know. I can't answer that question. I, I think they did. I, I, I think I, you can ask, you know, I can, I, I, I'll tell you I something that he did. Abortion. Abortion. Abortion and I know the answer to Abortion. That. He went in euthanasia. They, they changed the obscenity laws. They eviscerated the obscenity laws. They absorbed them into some type. He The, the Nazis abolished the German Legion of Decency. They rewrote no. laws during... What do you mean? No. Yes. What do you name? Tell me the name of the German Legion of Decency. Tell me the German name. I don't you, know. No, you don't know. Well, how do you how do you know you know something about well, it? You know, well, well, speak, we don't speak German. Yeah, Michael. Here's a, here's the thing. Okay, here's my opinion about Hitler. All right, I think Hitler he was a good man. He was trying to do what was right. He, he I think Hitler was a a spiritual man. He, even though he's brought up Catholic, he didn't he didn't promote his Catholicism, but he was he was a good man, spiritual man, trying to do what was right for Germany. When he came on the scene, he had to make everybody happy, the Lutherans, the Catholics. He had to bring everybody together on one theme, and that theme was let's make Germany great again. Sounds familiar? And he did. Everybody loved Hitler. You go, you look at any video, any video that's on the internet today of Hitler driving down the street or in a, in a huge like Nuremberg or where did hundreds of thousands of people would be there watching him. He wasn't, these people loved him. They didn't hate him. 
They knew what he was doing was good. He was trying to get Germany back on track, and he did get Germany back on track again. That's why it really disturbs me when you see me, when you, I see you say negative things about Hitler, because look at, he was an imperfect man. He wasn't, he wasn't perfect, but he was trying to do the best he can with what he had. And he had to try to stop anything that was going to stop his plan. Here's, here's what Hitler said in the beginning when he got in office. He said to the people, you give me four years, I'm going to get this country back on track again. And if you don't like what I did, you get rid of me. That's what he said. And more or less, you know, but can you imagine someone saying that? He was saying, I'm going to get you back on track. I'm going to make you proud. I'm going to give you food on the table. I'm going to make the families a good nuclear family again. We're going to get rid of the Jewish influence that's destroying this country. And we're going to go move on from there. We're going to get the Jews out of Germany first. Then eventually we're going to get them out of Europe and put them somewhere where we don't have to deal with them anymore. And we're going to move on. And I think Hitler really tried. So when I see people being negative about Hitler, and the fact I, is can he I, tried his best to do what was right. Can you can you please tell, send a message to Jonathan Greenblatt and say that E. Michael Jones is being negative about Hitler? Can you do that for me? Can you well, do me he's, a favor? He's probably gonna like you. He's watching, I'm sure. Would you would you please would you please do that? Well, no, I mean, but it's not Thank gonna, you. It's not gonna make Thank you any you. better in their mind because they're gonna hate you because just, you're a book just anyway. Do, just matter. do me a favor. Just do me a favor. <laughs> Send that message to Jonathan Greenblatt, will you? <laughs> well, if he watches this video, he's gonna hate you anyway. It don't matter. Uh, you, you don't have to wait. Look at don't worry. Michael. He you, hates you. Know you what I like, like about you, Michael. Here's the deal. See, you took the burden off of me by writing your book because I, I've been out there for many years doing this. You know, exposing the Jewish hoax, exposing the Jews. And again, I don't write books. So when a guy like you comes along and jumps on the bandwagon of the Holocaust and writes a book, I'm with you 100 percent. All right. And I'm glad you did it. And, and you know, hopefully you're going to here's what's going to happen with you. My opinion, either they're going to ignore you or they're going to come after you. And but they're going to use everybody around you. Your church, for one, the Catholic Church is going to come possibly big time after you He's and destroy you. He was fired 30 years ago by the Catholic Church through his... No, no, but what I'm, what I'm saying is this, this book, I hope this book is is the catalyst that does it. So I'm, I'm behind you 100%. I back you 100%. And, you know, and I, we have disagreements here, but these disagreements, I, they're nothing disagreements. You know, I, I think I think, uh, you know, I love what you did. And I'm, I'm so glad you did that because now you took the burden off of me and what I do because I'm a nobody. But, you know, I've been banned everywhere. So what are you going to do? You're out there now. You got a book out there. They're going to have to deal with you. They're not going to have to deal with me. They don't care I, I about know. Me. Personally, both of you are two of the bravest people on the planet at this time in history. And I, for one, have learned so much from both of you, Jim, you have a fantastic channel on BitChute and it's, you know, you're putting out so much interesting information. Mike, what can we say about your books? You know, they've helped to inform so many people. Well, your I, I hope is here's, second here's what, to none. So here's what I hope about your book, Michael. I, this is what I want to see. And this is why I'm backing you today. I mean, I'm, I'm backing you 100%. I want your book because you have a good... You have a good relationship with the Catholic people out there. They love you and they should love you. All right. 
So I hope your book wakes up those Catholics that haven't been woken up about this Holocaust topic, and they're going to see that they've been lied to for all these years, and I hope that they start to say, what the hell is going on with the Catholic Church and this Holocaust nonsense and promoting it and, and, and being part of the Jews here and promoting a big lie? That's what I want to see because there's a – see, you Catholics, there are a lot of you people out there that believe Catholicism, and I'm far fine, but you got to speak the truth about the Holocaust and expose it and, and put the dagger right in the Jew's heart to show them that you Jews have been lying all these years and we Catholics are not going to take it anymore. That's what I want to see with your book. Well, I, we to it. be fair, nobody has done more to fight international jury than the Catholic Church. We have to say that throughout history. Now, I know you guys like to just take Catholicism as it is today. And you, you look at the Vatican and you think that's Catholicism and we know it isn't. But we look at it over 2000 years since Jesus founded the Catholic Church. You have to look at Catholicism from the beginning up until now, 2000 years. And throughout those 2000 years, it was the Catholic Church that consistently stood up against Talmudic Judaism. No question. The Protestant churches ran a mile from it. So we have we have to say that in our favor. Michael, we'll we'll start to wind this up. Any final points? Yeah. What the point what is the point of this book? The point of this book is to show that this story about what happened in these camps was a Catholic story. The story of Dachau is a Catholic story. And over this period of time, that story got hijacked by the Jews and turned into what we now call the Holocaust narrative. And the hijacking began three years after Father Lentz's book came out in 1958 when Elie Wiesel's book, Night, came out. This is not just a stealing of a narrative. It's a reversal of the whole lesson. The whole lesson of Dachau is, uh, according to Father Lentz, is that this is what happens when the country goes atheist. The Jews had promoted atheism and decadence in Germany. The, the, the population went along with it. And now they were being punished for what they did. That edifying narrative got hijacked and it got replaced by a narrative in Elie Wiesel's book, which is the gist of that narrative is God died at Auschwitz. The Jews have used Auschwitz to get away with enormous amounts of things, all the way up to the atrocities in Gaza. But one of the main things they used it for is to promote atheism. This is the exact opposite of what the Catholic narrative is. And if my book can bring us back to that narrative, I will die a happy man. <laughs> Fair Amen. enough. Amen. That's a long way off. I suppose possibly it is true that because there was this economic miracle in Germany, people did become very materialistic and less godly. Is that arguably what happened to them and that they continued when, along? The, the when, track? I was, when I was living there, I said to the father of a friend of mine who was in the Wehrmacht and ended up in Vorkutan, Russian prison camp, didn't get back to Germany until 1953. I said, what's the problem here? And he had a one-word answer, Wohlstand, prosperity. He felt that prosperity had ruined the German people. 
yeah, that's how it is with most countries. Yeah. And their country is now destroyed. It's on its knees. So obviously there is a trajectory there. But um, OK, Jim, do you have any final words? Yes, I would like to say, uh, again, I'm behind Michael all the way and I'm, I'm promoting his book. Michael, I tell you what, if you send me just the cover of your book, I'll put your book right here. And everybody will see your book every time I do my show. See, I don't need the whole book. Just send me the cover and I'll put it. OK, right OK. If I send you the whole book, will you read it? Well, I, I will. It just takes me a long time to read, but I'm gonna put. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna put your book right here. It's every time I do a video, everybody's gonna see your book. All right, you're gonna get good advertising on that book, and okay. I always plug your book. I'm always plugging your book anyway, just to let you know. I've been yeah. plugging it for a while, a while now. So you know, I'm, I'm behind you all Thank the way. Thank you. Even, Thank you. you know, I, that's how it is. I look at. We, we'll. One thing I like about you, we could disagree and agree. I mean, we, we, but I want to say something about my last point about uh, Hitler, right? Hitler was out there to fight communism. Communism was atheism, godlessness, all the bad things you can do in life. That's what was communist. Hitler was against it. That's why I don't agree with Michael when he says that Hitler was following that atheistic type of view, because he was fighting that communist view with his life and the things he was doing for Germany. So I get to promote Hitler in that positive aspect of it, because he was trying to present positive Christianity, not communist atheist Christianity. So when people accuse Hitler of being an atheist, a pagan involved with this or that, see, I don't, I don't really buy that. That's to be just propaganda slander because he was a good man, imperfect as he was, but he was really trying to help the people and get Germany back on track. And honestly, we need another Hitler today. That's what we need today to do the, the programs that he did then install in the countries today, especially the United States. And uh, let's see how it goes. I think it would work very well, but it's going to be a definite inconvenience to Catholics, the Protestants, to a lot of people if it, if it actually uh, happened. <laughs> because, again, to bring in the program that Hitler brought in in Germany to get it back on track again made a lot of sacrifices. People had to sacrifice a lot, and they had to sacrifice their rights. A lot of them had to sacrifice a lot of things that we wouldn't go along with today, but it is what it is. So, anyway, I just wanted to leave with that note. Okay, very good. Well, he certainly did a lot of good, but removing crucifixes from classrooms, I think he basically he signed his his death warrant there, really, and uh, God was not going to cooperate with well, you him. Well, might, you might listen. You might be right about that. Look, look. I'm not. I feel that Hitler. What happened with Hitler? That he didn't give enough credit to God in the plan and all that. I honestly feel that way. I think he could have been more in, in, in the spiritual direction uh, with that type of stuff. So I don't, you know, it's not like I'm a hundred percent supporter of Hitler. I just think that he could have been more uh, spiritual uh, in his, in his actions and how he was doing this. But I think he, you know, he had to please a lot of people. So that's probably why he didn't do it. He just, you know, couldn't do it. He's a yeah. politician. What are you going to do? I hope we can continue this again. It was really, really entertaining, interesting and informative. And, and you're getting both of you are getting great support in the chat. Thank you, everyone who has joined to everyone who has joined us. Thank you both, gentlemen. Fidelitypress.org for Michael's books and Jim Rizzoli on BitChute. And yeah, that's, that's, all, that's all I have. I don't have 
I don't that's really enough. have any blogs. That's, yeah, that's I mean, they, they ban me every everything I do. I'm banned, so I just Join do my club. picture. Join yeah, the club. And I'm collecting my my Holocaust narrative tomorrow, Michael. So I'll be digging into it then, and hopefully sure. you'll come back. Both come back on, and we'll continue this debate. But for now, thank you very much, gentlemen. I really, really appreciate your time. And I'm just going to stay on a little bit because I have a message to give my audience. But I will let both of you go. Thanks a million. And we'll talk again soon. Good night and God thank bless. You. Thank you. Had a great time. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank so everyone, I just wanted to say that I'm actually coming back on, believe it or not, in about uh, what time are we now? Half past 10 approximately. And I am going to come back on in about 10 minutes because I have to give you an update on the shenanigans that went on in the criminal courts of justice today and the final day of Aaron Brady's appeal. And I'm slightly smiling because it really has been reduced to pure comedy at this stage. So I'm just going to take a break and you can go and put on the kettle or whatever you need to do and pop back on for 20 to 11 and we'll stay on maybe for about half an hour or so and i'll fill you in and tomorrow night tony brady is going to join me live and he's going to talk us through the appeal and all of the incredible stuff that came out so Come back to me in 10 minutes and I'll see you then. Thanks so much for joining me. Good night and see you shortly. Well, I, I think I was